Tonight we share scripture from John chapter 13. We'll read verses 1 through 17 and then 31 through 35. You can follow along or you can listen. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it in the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. During the supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, Jesus got up from the table. He took off his outer robe. He tied a towel around himself. And then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, One who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and for this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet and had put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are no greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. After Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There's a Good Friday service in some liturgical traditions. 
where you read the seven last words of Jesus. Maybe have seven sermons on the seven last words of Jesus. Some of you might say that Jesus died so that I don't have to live through seven preachers on Good Friday. But maybe we shouldn't joke in a service like this tonight. The seven last words of Jesus are of great importance because tomorrow from the cross, Jesus is going to give words of hope, of love, of forgiveness. He's going to give words that cause anxiety and maybe might haunt us a little bit. It will be clear that his earthly ministry has reached its final destination, so to speak. And as I think about what happens in a seven last words of Jesus sermon or a, a service, I think about that phrase that my parents occasionally had to use, do as I say, not as I do. Because that's a service about what Jesus said. The seven last words from the cross emphasize what Jesus said from the cross. They focus on how he cedes control over his life and his circumstances while he's here on earth. But Jesus is more than a teacher who tells us what to do. He's also a mentor who shows us what to do. And on Monday, Thursday, we watch him teach. We don't just listen to what he says. Which reminds us of that other thing our parents occasionally told us. That actions sometimes speak louder than words. Jesus and his disciples were working their way through Holy Week. It had been an eventful week and, and, and things were building towards this night. As we read in John, he knew what was coming. And so he had eagerly awaited to share in this Passover meal with his disciples. It's an important meal in the upper room because it's it's where we see Jesus do some of the last things that he has the ability to control in a way. These are the last few things he gets to do before Jesus is handed over to those authorities by Judas. He has one night left and this is how he spends it. So it matters. It's kind of important. In John 13, we, we read about how they arrived in that upper room. And how he washes the feet of the disciples. The scripture is clear about what he's doing and, and who he's doing it with, which might be more important. Why he's doing it is that he's washing the disciples to show them love and care and service. He is ministering to people that were dear to him. He saw fit that if this was going to be the last meal they shared together, he was willing to be a servant, tying the towel around himself, not waiting for someone else to do it. And so for Jesus, the story is certainly always about how we love and we care for one another. 
That's what matters. And so he leads with it. The first thing that happens when they get up to that room that was prepared. At the end, he instructs the disciples, don't just listen to what I taught you. Do what I taught you. Care for one another. Wash one another's feet. Do what is necessary to provide blessing and nurturing so that you can keep care of, for and with one another in meaningful ways. Jesus is explicit about this. It is both generally specific, y'all need to care for each other, and is specifically specific. You need to really care for one another, even to the point of washing feet. Even to the point of washing a lot of feet. Because you know what's interesting? The assigned reading, the one that I read... The one that all the churches who do Monday, Thursday services according to the lectionary read tonight. The, the thing that's interesting about it is it leaves out the betrayal. It only hints at what's going on with the betrayal. But what's there, what's clear in the whole story, is that Judas, the traitor, the insider of violence, the one who turns Jesus over to the authorities for 30 silver coins, he gets the same blessing and care that every other disciple got. In the last meal, Jesus is, is, is doing, like saving the best, most important things for last. And he washes the feet of those who are close to them, to him, even, even the one who was so close to him that he, he was... He was traded in by him. Even Judas got his feet washed. Even Judas got the bread and the cup. Which should bring us both comfort and a little bit of anxiety and conflict. These days, so much of the time, it seems like we are working to see if those around us are aligned with Everything the way that we're aligned with them. We want solid assurances and clarity that, 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 that everyone around us is on our side and we're not going to get undercut by anyone. This is natural. It's a survival tactic of sorts. We keep our friends close and we keep our enemies as far away as we possibly can. We forget they exist, or we villainize them, or we make them fodder for social media memes. But physically sharing space with our enemies is not something we want to do. And I say we. Like, not just we, but we. But this is not what Jesus did, is it? He didn't preemptively strike against Judas and send him out before the meal started. He didn't protect himself against his betrayer in an unnatural way. He didn't cut Judas off. So maybe we shouldn't either. And maybe, maybe this is the hardest part of Holy Week. Because if Jesus washes Judas' feet and shares the bread of salvation with him, then, then who does that mean 
we have to share it with? Is there anyone that we should love and care for and protect and serve in some way or another that we would rather not? It's clear we shouldn't fear our enemies like we do. We shouldn't obsessively isolate ourselves like we might do in order to provide measures of comfort. We can't get rid of those who do not like or might be against us sometimes. And this is hard. It's almost impossible. Yet it's what Jesus does. And as hard as it is, as hard as it is, if we flip it the other side of the coin or the other side of the story, what we see and realize is it should bring us comfort as well. Because yes, everyone is welcome. Even those who get angry. Even those who mess up. Even those who are vilified or have been vilified. And it's not always us who are the ones who are deciding who gets served. Sometimes it's us who are the ones hoping to get served. Sometimes it's us who are the traitors or the enemies who need mercy from someone else. And even Judas got to go to the table just like us in need of confession get to come. So I think tonight the reason this table in front of us, the reason this the reason the table in front of us is holy and, and the reason the service that we share in is sacred and special is not just because we do it once a year. It's not just because we follow a particular set of scriptures in, the, in a similar way each time around. It's because the table reminds us that it's open to everyone. We see and remember that Jesus washed the feet of everyone, not just the special ones. And we realize that though we usually find ourselves in positions where we have the power and, and the privilege to decide who gets what in our lives. When a call is open and a call is gracious and when a call is generous, it means in all of the ways that we fall short, we get to be called too. We're not always controlling the narrative. We don't always get to write the story. Sometimes we need to come to the table when we don't deserve to get there. And tonight we know about the table. What we know about this table is that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We know that all are in need of forgiveness and redemption. We know that we all have enemies and we all are enemies in need of someone serving us despite the places where we might have done something wrong. And that is why tonight, on this sacred night, the, the most important night, the final thing that Jesus gives us on his way off the scene before prayer is love and serve one another, love and serve each other, even when it's hard, especially when it's hard. The last thing he does without judgment is to serve those who are around them, even the one who might 
turn out to be his enemy. And so we should sense the call to do the same. A couple months ago when I was writing down titles for this service and thinking about it, the, the title for the message was Final Service. Thinking that it's important that we remember that you save the best for last. You save the most important point for the end. But in the last week, as I've paid attention to everyone's lives and my own, the new title that came to me was Survival Tactic. I didn't put it in the bulletin because I thought the survival tactic just wouldn't quite look right amongst everything else in there. But, but survival tactic. Jesus gives us some last survival tactics. These are the things that Jesus gives us to help us through the difficult times. This story that happened 2,000 years ago for the disciples is one that comes alive in our lives with one another. When we face unexpected, unimaginable difficulties, the way we survive it is to take care of one another. We forgive, we reach out to our enemies, we offer grace, and we freely receive grace. This is what it means to wash feet. This is what it means to be fed. And that is why the last thing Jesus did when, before he went to pray and give over control of his life to those religious and political leaders, that's why the last thing he did was share a meal and wash some feet and promise to feed and care for all of his disciples. So tonight, though we don't wash feet, we do take and eat. We're reminded that we get served. We're reminded that in being served... We are implored to go do the same. And we are reminded that in the face of Good Friday and Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday and beyond, what we are called to strive to do is to love and to care and to serve all who we are given, all who are in our path, and all who are worthy of receiving God's love, which is all of God's children. I pray that we can... Make it so in the days ahead.